There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Okay, guys, our guest today, Carmen Carrera, was actually in a reality show, mm -hmm. uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And so my question to you guys is, um, if you could be on any reality show, which one would it be? Ooh. Frank! Uh, I always wanted to be in the real world with Puck in San Francisco. Oh, like the first one? Yeah. Wait, but what? Puck yeah. was annoying, though. Yeah, he, he was, was racist, he was, too. I, I liked him. He was freaking crazy. Yeah, he always... That was like the best. And the first one over here in New York. And he then the second one in, in, in San Francisco. He was nuts. He always walked around with like <laughs> s like smelly underwear and shit. Yeah. yeah. And he would take his finger and like dip it in the peanut butter and like all the castmates yeah, would go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That wouldn't have been my real world season if I did that. Um, personally, me, I would, I would be a contestant on The Bachelorette. Whoa. Wow. Of course. I, of I, course. Because I, I just want to be one of those guys that are in the house sharing, you know, and then I want to accuse someone else of, of like, hey, you're not here for the right reasons, all right? <laughs> we're here for her. <laughs> I don't know who you're here for, so you but we're be, here for her. You would be confrontational. You'd I would be, be yeah. I Passionate. Would be, yeah. And then I would I would go to her and just tell on one, all the guys. I'd be like, yo, this guy's <laughs> not here for you. He's not here for you. What about you, Mike? You, uh, there's a show called Scared and Naked, right? Naked Which, and Afraid? Yeah, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> I would love to be in that show, yo. I would love to be in I'd that show. I'd be very show. afraid of watching the naked. <laughs> but they blur everything, so All it doesn't right. even matter. Okay. I, would, I would love to be on that show. Why? Okay. I guess I, there's always been a thing about me being naked and I'm feeling a certain way, so if I'm going to be on that show, it, I'd be really comfortable with myself. Ah, It'd be a game changer for me. Unlike the audience. Right. <laughs> we would not be comfortable. Definitely not. I would say that, like, Survivor, but I can't eat bugs or anything. Yeah. Um, so I actually want to pitch my own reality show, if that's okay. All right. You yeah. can do that? That's well, it's, I'm on this podcast. Okay. I think we could do what we want. So um, <laughs> I was going to say Basketball Wives, but then I'd need a basketball player husband. Uh, so I'd like to pitch DJ Wives. Oh. Oh, I've seen you in action, girl. You know what I'm saying? Because oh. there's some bitches that I just don't mix with that I want to scratch their eyes out. I <laughs> 
Yeah, quick. <laughs> I usually have to do that when like somebody calls me out on a word that I use, where it's like I use a big word, and they're like, "Really? What, what does that mean? What, what do you think that means?" And I'm like, "No, uh, Google uh, purgatory. I don't know. Whatever random word that you're like. Wait, how do I explain? I know what it means, and I know I'm using it right, but I don't know how to explain what it means. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Frank, where are you gonna be first week of August? Um, first week of August, I'll be at my roof. I have. Uh, I always take like a beach chair, and I overlook the George Washington Bridge, nice. and I buy a Nutcracker. Nice. And I just chill up there. Wow. <laughs> That's like my chilling spot. It's a perfect view of the GW Bridge. That is beautiful. Yes, it, it is. is. It's very serene. That's very like serene. I, you, you could Let be like Google a, that real quick. That could be like a poster for like <laughs> serene. Visit Washington Heights. <laughs> yes. and just you on a roof with yes. a, drinking a Nutcracker. Yes, and other it. stuff. But we, you know, right? Yeah. Well, a barbecue. I take a barbecue up there and do my little barbecue. You lure on the roof. You yeah, have a, a hookah for real. You gotta have a hookah. No, nah, well, yeah. back in the days, I think we had yeah, a, yeah, you had a hookah. Did, we did, we had a hookah. It's, yeah. it's very chill. And a mattress. Yeah. You got to have a mattress. Back in, the, back in the days, I had a mattress, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you threw it on a car <laughs> back in the 90s. Yo, can I tell you guys something funny that happened yesterday? Go ahead. Wait, so my time brother, out. What? <laughs> this is being pre-pre. I know. So please explain to the audience when you say yesterday, it's not like August. Okay, we're in July, yeah. and my brother just came up from Tampa to visit the family, mm-hmm. and he always brings my dad a gift, right. you know? And it's usually a gift that's like a life-altering mechanism that my dad is like, what am I going to do with this, <laughs> you know? But 50-50, sometimes these gifts have changed their lives for the better, like you know, my brother brought them their first microwave back wow, in the day. That's oh, huge. Wow. And my brother brought them their first ceiling fan back in the day. Okay. Life changing, because now every room in the house has a ceiling fan. Right. But I think he really fucked up this time what because he, he brought my dad Alexa. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. My father, who's 77, who doesn't own a computer, touch a computer, own a cell phone, oh, doesn't believe God. in any technology. He now must be going owns crazy. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, Serious? shut up. You know why my brother bought it for him? Why? My brother was like, well, you're always like wondering like Mets trivia and baseball facts. Now you could just ask Alexa. Alexa, how old was Barry Lyons when the Mets won it in 1986? Alexa, what year was Tom Seaver actually traded? Can you imagine? Did he start using it already? No, he says to me, what is this cockamamie thing? I don't need any more friends. I don't need any more appliances. All right, look, you just triggered something in my mind right now by saying cocky, whatever. I said um, cocky? In episode 30, <laughs> something, cockamamie, whatever. Cockamamie. Uh, so I wanted to go on a sports rant uh, two episodes prior because right. the Mets are so jinxed. Oh, the Mets, man. Noah Syndergaard was diagnosed with mouth, feet, and hand. Hand, foot, and mouth. Also known as Coxsackie virus. Coxsackie. Yeah. What is that, and how the hell did Noah get that? Seriously. I don't know. I mean... The disease I don't know is how cold. you get that. Usually you get it, like babies and toddlers get it in daycare because it's very, very contagious. And it's just an ugly rash oh. that goes on your hands, your mouth, and your feet. What is it called again? Sorry. virus. Alexa, how do you get Coxsackie? <laughs> I can see your father asking that. <laughs> what is this? What do you know what's in God get again? Coxsackie? Coxsackie? <laughs> All right. So if you're listening to the episode right now, we're obviously pre-recording, but being that we love you so much, we wanted to give you some treats. We're still going to give you some pochincha bite, 
Ooh. and a fake news. Yep. And obviously, like we always do, a guest. So I think it's time, unless someone wants to chime in, I think it's time to get into the pochicha bite. I've been waiting all day. I've been waiting all night. I've been waiting all day. Pochicha bites. I've been waiting all day. I've been waiting all night. I've been waiting all day. Pochicha bites. First things first, Jim. How does it feel to be in my seat? It's comfy, right? You like it? Yeah, it smells like old farts. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was Talia. The uh, <laughs> so Bochinche bites in this episode has to be evergreen type stuff. Right? Yes, right. Of Which of course, watch when when this episode does come out the day of. There's probably gonna be like actual news that really would be great. We're like to talk about like in the in you know, like yo this week you're not gonna talk about what happened when right. Drake came back with the with a new battle rap. But hey, listeners, we need a break too. You know. Yeah. So this... R. Kelly came out with a 20 minute <laughs> reply to his original. Track? Yo, Jesus Christ came back. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Like, I never knew that was going to happen. But when we come back for season four, we'll have to maybe do a big bochiche bite culmination. Yeah. Right. Everything, everything that happened that in missed. August. Yeah. Or August. Um, well, a bochiche bite I have today is uh, something interesting I saw. Mm. Prisons uh, say giving inmates um, tablets will make them more well-behaved. Interesting. Hmm. Um, so now a lot of prisons are just like they're doing this program where they give tablets away prison because oh, of- prison officials think that it will create calm and orderly cell blocks. So they can give them iPads and stuff like that. iPads, iPads. What? Because wow. it's true though. It will it will distract it distracts people in real life and regular life, right? right. So I but mean, that's gonna enable like jail gangs because they're gonna be able to iMessage each other. So they're gonna be able to plot within themselves. Oh, they yeah, FaceTime. Uh, yeah, while FaceTime while you're doing time. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, why shank someone when you can shop online? Oh, okay. You know, why be someone's uh, bitch when you can be someone's Facebook bitch? Oh yeah. Why spark a prison riot when you can WhatsApp a prison riot? Yeah. Wow, it's interesting, Jamie. <laughs> I think, um, but I think, yeah, I think. Tablets are the ultimate distraction. So, I mean, even if you're like in solitary confinement, like you, you can FaceTime somebody, man. Like if you're in solitary confinement and you have a tablet, and you know, you're just like, wow, five, six hours go by. Yo, I was, I was on this thing for the last six hours. That's true. Shit. It is true. I don't know what I would do without a tablet. My toddler, he learns from it, and he allows me to do some things like nap and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, talk on the phone. But you have a plus. You have an uh, an eight plus, right? So it's oh no, you have the ten. You have the X. What are we talking about? The phone or the, uh, the iPad? It's big enough that it's almost a, a a tablet. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh Those no, phones. but I bought him his own iPad. No, 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 he can't use my phone. Mm. I, I he's called me a couple stuff. times by the way. Yes, he knows. That's what I'm saying. Like, has he, he called you? Has he called you, Rachel? He before? texts me. He calls me. Are you what serious? the frick does he text? <laughs> he texts like little heart emojis. Get out of here. He figured out how to text like text text the like you know he texted my mom Mickey and Minnie kissing the other day. It's really what? amazing. Yo, but what's going point, on with Disney? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> but to your point, Jamie, it's like. It's it's good for like advancement and like furthering your learning, and it keeps you busy. It keeps you busy. It's true. Um, so yeah. no more lifting weights for the uh, inmates, I guess. 
No. Oh, great. All the inmates YouTube are going to get fat and shit. Or they can get tips on YouTube on how yeah. to actually do it. Yo, yo, do you right. got to do hey, the triangle, yeah. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You work that tricep better. Yo, now check out the dad bod. This dad bod workout I found in menshealth.com, yo. <laughs> yo, you seen these top 10 exercises on BuzzFeed? Come here, let me you show you. the top five food, jail food options? Yo, check it out, yo, man. Yo, my lawyer lied to me, bro. I found out he, yo, I found out he did Wait a minute, it, you can go online and yeah. uh, find out about the cases. Degree. Yeah, that too. Well, there you go. There we are. University of Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, I feel like this is the, uh, a tablet is the first step, and then they're just, people in prison are just going to get all these amenities after that. Like, what other amenities do you think will they can keep giving prison to where it's going to be like a resort instead of like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. mas- free, masu- free massages? I mean, you obviously, gotta, I'm not surprised you would say that because you're obsessed with massages. So I like to get a massage at least mind, once, yeah. once a month. Where yes. do you go with, Jamie? I just, like, there's a, there's a place in Midtown that I go to when I want, like, a cheaper one. Like, just right. like, you know... F- 30, 40 bucks. Does the cheaper one come with a happy nah. ending? <laughs> yeah, don't they all come with happy endings? No. See, that's the first thing people go to. They think, oh, massages? Okay. You're going to some shady shit. Some shady place in like, But you know, know some shady shady place. I know. I go to normal ones. Although they do they do get very oh. close to your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, no. I've gotten like where they go in on the butt. Like the massage. Wow. Yeah, the butt massages. What, a get, finger or two? No, no, no. Just the cheeks. <laughs> And when it first happened, I was like, yo, is this normal? Um, and you went on your tablet and researched it. I researched see. it, and there's a lot of nerve endings there. So it actually is pretty. So now I'm, I'm good with it, but uh, that was pretty, I felt that was risque. But happy ending, I, I don't know. That It would be an awkward ending if I was involved in that. It would just, it, would, I don't, it wouldn't work. Um, but no, I like. <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't know how that started, but uh, that conversation about massages. Sir, is there any more with the Puchinche pie or? Um, not with the prison one. There was another uh, another story okay. about uh, a nude beach mm. in, uh, in Belgium. Okay. Uh, there's a new beach um, that they were not allowed to have be a new beach anymore because these particular birds, um, like were offended by it. According to like a bird council, <laughs> right. there's like these rare birds and like anything, like naked bodies frighten them. <laughs> Things wow. that beach sex frightens them. <laughs> and so the Belgian, the Belgian nat- Naturism Federation, they were like, no, we got to go it. with the birds on this one. <laughs> Sorry, people, you got to wear clothes. How did the birds communicate to these people that they were offended? They probably shit on them or something. <laughs> I mean, they, I don't know. They probably just like, yeah, they probably shit a lot out of nervousness. I know that's what I do. Oh. Have you ever been to like a nude beach? I haven't. I've been to a topless one, but not Yeah, nude. I've been to a topless. Every nude beach yeah. I go to is always like old people. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Wait, so you've been to a new beach? When I was younger, I, when I went to Spain when I was younger, I walked into a new beach and By was accident? scarred for life. <laughs> well, I was like 10, and I was like, why is, why are these like grandpa-looking guys like just really? walking they let around you in with, at with 10? their balls and their kneecaps? In Europe, they don't care. Europe, there's no one like... Maybe the birds are just flying around like, put away your cock! <laughs> <laughs> put away your cock! Too much cock! <laughs> <laughs> we hate the cock! Is that what birds are just, that's what they're saying all yeah, the time? Much. They're anti-cock. 
<laughs> no more cock. <laughs> <laughs> These are not dirty birds. Um, uh, so okay. yeah, guys. That's, Thank you so much. Those are the evergreen uh, bites for yes. this week. For the Great. first week of August. Yeah. Yay. And now we get another bonus. A bonus fake news. Woo. Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spirison News with Frank Nibs. Hello, folks. Hey, Frank. Hi, Frank. How, Hi, how Frank. are you? Hi, Frank. Frank. Well, today, Eloados, we're going to speak about something interesting. I always, I've always had this interesting thing where I believe in parallel universes. Mm. Okay. okay. So basically, you know, LOL maybe is being functional in another dimension, right? Oh, I So love that's that. what parallel universes are, right? Doctor Who? So this is an interesting thing I'm going to tell you guys. These two presidents... Uh, which were assassinated, Lincoln and Kennedy have very similar things that happened to them. Okay? And these were two of our greatest presidents, right? So I'm going to go down this list, and these two, these similarities are amazing, okay? Now hear this out. Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. Kennedy was elected to Congress in 1946. Ooh. Lincoln was elected president... 1860. Kennedy was elected president in 1960. Ooh. What? Both were particularly concerned with civil rights. Both of their wives lost a child while living in the White House. Ooh. Both were shot on a Friday. Ooh. Both were shot in the head. Ooh. Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. No. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Both were succeeded by Southerners. What? Named Johnson. What? Andrew Johnson, who succeeded Lincoln, was born 1808. Stop. Lyndon Johnson, who succeeded Kennedy, was born 1908. No. Wow. No. No. Hey, wait up. There's more. Hold on. What? John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Lincoln, was born 1839. Lies. Lee Harvey Oswald, who assassinated Kennedy, was born 1939. Get the hell out of here. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not over. Both assassins were known by three names. Both names are composed of 15 letters. Lincoln was shot at the theater named Ford. Kennedy was shot in a car called Lincoln, <gasps> made by Ford. Are you oh, serious? My God. Both Oswald, both Booth and Oswald were assassinated before their trials. Wow. There you go. A week before Lincoln was shot, he was in Monroe, Maryland. A week before Kennedy was shot, he was with Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Ah. Wait, that was a real rumor? Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> They actually hooked up, damn. Lincoln was shot in a theater, and the assassin ran to a warehouse. Kennedy was shot from a warehouse, and the assassin ran to a theater. Get, stop. These similarities. What does this mean? That these similarities have some, with these two great presidents that we had in this nation, there must be some similarities in their lives. Something, because it's too much of a coincidence. And both Lincoln and Kennedy look good. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. Lincoln did not look good. <laughs> Lincoln, come on, Lincoln's facial hair was like ahead of its time. He could get it with his mole. <laughs> and he's I a like his so what's and he's a vampire hunter. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> so what's the explanation to this? Where were you well, basically, I, I you know, there's parallel universes. Like there's things that you know we could be at an LOL show at another universe, and it's maybe not called LOL. It's something else. Right. So well, LOL backwards is LOL, so it couldn't be. There you go. It's <laughs> probably still LOL, it's just backwards. So there are like other hosts out there, like Loca La Rachel. Bam, there you go. Or like Bago Juan. There you go. You get it? Yeah. So is this is this such a coincidence that these these two presidents have all these similarities in their lives? This is just 
I mean, this is too much of a coincidence. Oh, it really is. And those are all facts. You didn't all make of them any are facts. Up. None of them. Wow. None of them. Wow, you must have done a lot of research on that. I sure oh. did. This is this Good this. For you, Frank. How many yeah. toilet paper uh, applies did you to write did on? Did you well, write? Well, you How know, many Lincoln logs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this How much Kennedy fried chicken did you eat while doing this research? This is going to perhaps open up. Listen, guys, this is probably going to open up the whole subject matter on parallel universes that I could do later on on one of the other shows. Or so the other episodes, right? another parallel universe. Uh, Hillary Clinton is the president right now. Well, guys, do you ever have deja vu? All the time. Okay. Wait, Think ask of- that question again. <laughs> 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 well, deja vu's are a, a kind of an, a way of you kind of remembering something, and you don't even know where you remember it from. And a lot yes. of people claim that that deja vu comes from another life or another another dimension that you exist in, and that thought just comes in your mind, and it's like, oh, it's like happened. You've been there before. Bam. Like, it's happened before. Oh yes. I get that all the time. There you go. Whoa. That means Loka somewhere else, or Boca is in another. You know, in your minds are. Oh, you- I'm gonna find that bitch, <laughs> and I'm gonna cut her. Be like, yo, there's only one. Okay. <laughs> I- <laughs> well, thank you so much. Frank. You're welcome, folks. Frank, really. Thank you for rewarding our audience uh, <sighs> a bonus. And you. us. Listen, my Eloeros, I'm always gonna get that news to you. Always. Okay. Okay. Do you want a moment for- with them? Because no, like- no, nah, just you know, it's just. I like to get good information to my loyalists, always. That was really something else. You're welcome, Mind-blowing. Thank you. All right, Eloeleros, we had a fantastic interview with Carmen Carrera, and here it is. Enjoy. All right, you guys, this is the part of the show where we interview an amazing guest, and we have somebody so extra special tonight, like OD special. You guys, she is an American reality television star, personality, model, and burlesque dancer and actress. Ladies and gentlemen, Carmen Carrera is here. This is crazy. Is that the official thing now? You're? you're okay, yeah. fine. All right. I like yeah. it. There's it's, a meme with a pigeon. Like, yeah. 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 This is good energy. The room is so beautiful with you in it. Uh, welcome to the Latinos Out Loud podcast. It's good to have you. Now, you're a local. You're from yeah. Jersey. Of course. I grew up in North Jersey, Burton County. Mm-hmm. I went to Elma Park High School. My first job was at Garden State Plaza. Oh, um, Garden State Plaza. Wait, yeah. where? What did you do? Uh, Jamie, nice reaction. No, because that's the mall kids right there. Kids Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you sold shoes to kids. Rachel, no, I you're... sold shoes to their parents. That's true. Yeah. But you had to, like, put them on kids? Yeah. That must it have was been. interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Mommy, I don't want to sit here. No, I don't like those shoes. Or they would use it, throw it across, you know, across the room. Their mom's on the phone, and you just you have to, like, delegate. Yeah. yeah it's fun, though. Yeah, locker must have been tough. I, I can't stand taking my kid shopping for shoes. It's really frustrating to me. He won't, you know, the, like, measuring thing? Yeah. He won't stand on it. No. He just won't. I don't know. He cries. But anyway, that's not why you're here. <laughs> um, but it's good to know that that's where you started. That's or that's like yeah. Okay. So, you are Latina. Can you tell our listeners um, what your background is? Sure. Um, Well, I did grow up in New Jersey. I was born in Jersey. But my family that I grew up with, my mom, my grandma, uh, were Peruvian. And my dad's Puerto Rican. Um, So, I grew up with my mom's side. My dad's side of family lives in Virginia. Um, Everyone's in the military. So, I've got like six cousins Mm. out there, like one in the Navy, one in the Army. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much my life. So, Mm mm-hmm. 
Wow. Immigrant parents. You know, I grew up with like that pressure to succeed, you know, because it was kind of like they came here with all they had. And like their biggest dream was to make our life a reality. You know, so it was dope. It was a good experience, I think. So what was it like? Because we always talk about this. Latino parents aren't always the most supportive mm-hmm. of a child's career in entertainment or show business. Oh, they don't have time to be, I feel. You know, my mom had like 60 different jobs, you know? Like not only her job to make money, but like she's there for everyone in my family. And my grandmother worked up until she was like 60-something um, in Nabisco. So she'd work like double time or... Um, she didn't bring you know, all the time. Nabisco. All the time. That's Do you know, this is a random, <laughs> random Rachel fact. So I grew up on Royal Lunch Crackers. Do you remember those? With the Nabisco? cheese? No, they were like no. really thick oh. and very dunkable. Okay. And then dunkable. they discontinued them. My dad had a shit fit. He was like so mad in Nabisco. He wrote them letters. <laughs> wrote a letter. Oh my yep. God. It was crazy. <laughs> To who am I concerned? Yes! It's my fifth letter and I have not gotten a response. This was my breakfast for 40 years. Sanka and Royal Lunch Crackers. My dad's Jewish. Oh, yeah. I forgot your dad's Jewish because I gave him a Latino accent. I know, but it's okay. Oh, I love the Jews. I love Jewish people. I love them. I live in um, an Orthodox Jewish town. Community, actually. Oh, Zyka Zunz, Mazel Tov. It's very peaceful. I love it. we good people? Oh, my gosh. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Where do you live now? Where is this Orthodox? Community. I can't. I don't want to stay. Okay. Then, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's gonna go. Because you know, go honestly, like my little town, um, nobody. I mean, people know me. Some people know me, but other people, like I, I like feeling like I'm just in Jersey and like you know where I grew up, like kind of away, secluded. Everyone's living their lives, working their jobs, their careers, their kids in school. Like I love that environment because that makes me feel like connected to what's real and what's grounded, what's grounding for me. You know. <laughs> So yeah. we were talking about the, our families. So what was their reaction at first when you were getting into entertainment? What was that conversation like? It was weird. Like, because most of my family, like, you know, I was always, like, part of the younger side of, like, the, the generation. So a lot of my family just viewed me as, like, whatever hope they felt for me, you know, because my uncles came from Peru and all this stuff. And they're just like, oh, the kids, look, oh, they're going to grow up to be something amazing, you know. So... That was pretty much my like my growing up experience, and then once I started going out to the clubs and wanting to like risk my life, you know, like quote unquote, <laughs> right. um, uh, you know, it was weird. It was weird at first because people knew that I was, my family knew that I was um, performing and you know, in the drag shows and stuff. And obviously, at the time, you know, I was living my life in a male aesthetic, so. You know, they were just like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? And and it's just because of plain ignorance. They just never were exposed to it. And, and I felt the same way, too, because the first time that I went out to New York City, I came out here and I met um, the people out here in the gay community and the, the trans community. Like, I didn't know what to expect. You know, all I knew was from, like, the TV shows, like, the, you know, supposed dangerous side or whatever. I wanted to see for myself. So I went out. Um, I waited till I graduated high school so my mom didn't have to bother me. And that summer of graduating high school, my mom's happy. So, you know, I'm good. I could be like, all right, let me step away for a little while and go have fun, you know. And I did that and and that's when I started to learn and things started to change for me. And that's when my family noticed a shift. And it was a little awkward because they didn't know how to speak to me about it. Mm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we have some history ourselves. We, we actually do. met, what was it, two years, three years ago. Was it three years ago? Well, let's see. My kid just turned three, and I think I had just had the baby, so maybe two and a half years okay, ago. Okay, two and a half. We, Bago and I, hosted the gala for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, where you received an honor that evening. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. One of my first... Um, ever like awards for activism work and being visible and explaining my story and just having like that sort of bravery um and also having the time and energy to put into helping others within the community that sort of live a similar experience so it was pretty dope to like have that recognition because it made me feel like like i i feel accepted like what i'm doing is actually um causing positive change so it was dope it was a beautiful ceremony beautiful gala Uh, Bago you were nervous as hell that night do you remember well because we we had like three galas that we were we were hosting yeah it was gala season baby Bago and Rachel we were out there you guys host a lot of galas and I think in the last in the last three years and I feel like (laughs) and I feel like that was the one we had like some pre pro like we were gonna do some bits and I think I was again overthinking so I was like nervous that that night I'll give you some of the bits the benefit of the do. doubt is because like it was the most bougie I think gala we've hosted. It was bougie, I love girl. Bougie do you remember? Yeah, it was a beautiful they had, venue. Like, the plant, like those thin trees, like the plants. Yes. Yeah, they had um they had a, a, a quick reception area with the drinks and then yes. they had a, um a camera like a red carpet like on E News. You know when they do the yeah. the three sixty camera, camera yeah, whatever it's called. That. that was cool. That wasn't the yeah. gala that I went to. Right? I only went to one gala. Oh, wait, you, I seen did you guys go. Know. So I was there. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at the table with a bunch of room. 28ers. Oh, that's right. You yeah. were giving me some jokes and stuff. Yeah. All right. Was Jamie was, was your joke yo, writer. Yeah. Jamie was like, yo, yo, trust me. This was going to work. Go. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't. Uh, yo, you didn't say it the right way. What, what, I yo, I don't write for galas, yo. <laughs> <laughs> When did you start doing the activism? Like, how did it? How did it start? When? When do you remember that distinct moment? Yeah, um, it was actually when. Okay, so when I, I did a reality show called RuPaul's Drag Race, I competed at the time. I knew I was going to transition, um, and and I thought to myself, like, well, I would like something to look back on. And and in even me saying that, I feel like it's a little bit controversial in my community because um, many of us feel that like once you move on you move on you know and you shouldn't have to look back but for me I felt like if my mother is like older or something and like she you know you never know you know my family loves me you know so I'm like I'm gonna leave this time capsule so I could look at myself and be like oh my god look how crazy I was back then or look how much of a kid I was look how much how much I've grown so um, I would do blog posts after after Drag Race. I would do blog posts on my Facebook. And, um, you know, during my transition, after my transition. And I noticed that when I when I finished my transition, I was kind of like doing interviews and stuff. We did Katie Couric and stuff. And people were writing to me about activism. And, and I thought activism was me just telling my story. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm on TV. And I told you guys my story. So is that that's an activist. But... In reality, I learned that because I had spoken up about an issue on Drag Race and I noticed how much backlash I received from that community and that fan base is what made me be like, wait a minute, like maybe maybe I'm not such a good activist. Like maybe I should go back and be a better one or maybe I can learn something new to teach people in my community how to not be so hateful or how to not be so rejecting. Um, or even be sensitive or whatever, anything that I could do to make it a teachable moment for both both parties, you know, because I love Drag Race. I love my Drag Race fans. I love I love RuPaul, you know. However, my free 
public forum is my own, mm-hmm. you know, and I should be able to express my opinions, which I did. And um, I was really fair and diplomatic. I didn't say anything too crazy, um, but people really felt like, how dare you say anything about RuPaul? Like, you were on her show. Yeah. How dare you? Let's get into that. You yeah. openly criticized him about using a certain word or phrase on the show, yeah. which then there was action taken based on your comments. Yeah, well, I, um, so, okay, so at the time, um, we were just having, just starting the conversation about trans people. Just me and Laverne, we just started talking about it. And there was a game on the show about they would put a photo up and it'd be a body part and you'd have to guess if it's a female or a she-male. And at the time I was like, why would they do that? Like, they know what we're trying to do. You know, they know that we're trying to educate people to not be so ignorant, not be so mean. So, and then then they're going to do that, which is influencing other people to, to do it in general. Like, I mean, what woman wants to be judged on her body parts in general? Or what man anyways? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, those calves are too thin. Or, oh, you know, lady, you you, you got a big back. Like, do, who, why do that anyways? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I wrote that on my Facebook. And then they got super mad. And then after that, um, they removed that part of the show. But then they also took out another part of the show where RuPaul says, hey, girl, you got she-male. I didn't think that was offensive, but they took that down as well. So the fans got, like, super-duper mad Mm. after that. Like, oh, you're taking away from our show, and you're being so dramatic, Carmen, and blah, 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 blah. You know, and I think that it's deeply rooted in the fact that, number one, people still... Number one, people still viewed me as a gay man, um, maybe expressing too much emotion, which is, it's like a double, like, no, you know? Or they just viewed me as like, oh, you're such an over-emotional woman now. Like, oh, you transitioned, so now everything is so sensitive oh, Lord. to me. So it was just, a, I couldn't even deal because it was so many issues with so many people. And I'm like ingesting this as if it's like, I should be, you know, take it as valid yeah. because I'm not a bad person. I'm not gonna sit there and call everyone's mom, like, you know, a B word or whatever. Like, right. I'm just gonna try to be like, well, you're wrong. So let me sit here and try try to explain and I just got tired of that so I was like you know what I need to do this on a bigger broader scale like I need to really do some kind of outreach like I want to prove to people that I'm not this bad person that they view me as you know I think it's just incredible how powerful your words are and were that Mm -hmm. they actually changed what millions of people are consuming on television and probably that was the upside yeah Yeah. they probably didn't think it was such you know gran cosa but like when you really bring it to light and understand that you might be hurting some people's feelings by doing this Mm -hmm. then you know it's really remarkable that there was actually action taken upon it well yeah you know what it is is that the way I thought about it was so many people that are new to our culture the LGBTQ culture they're gonna watch this show for the first time and also, members of our community are going to be showing their heterosexual cisgender friends, like, hey, look at this TV show. Like, gay people are cool. See? Don't be such a hater. You know? And, like, it's important. Like, our language, how we treat each other, how we speak about our stories, and how we influence is important. So, for me, I was just like, why would the producers do this? Like, they sit in a room, and they pick the challenges and the games and all that stuff. So, they know what they're doing. And I don't feel that they had any malintent. They should just, you know, my post was basically like they should just be more mindful 
and that's really it. That's really how yeah. I felt about the situation. Go, girl. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to let them know. Yes, you know? And I think, of course. Uh, like, being a woman and being a female, like, you, I feel like we have, like, a little bit, a little bit more of, like, awareness i feel i don't know if that's fair to say to the fellas i don't want to insult nobody <laughs> we're to be more aware you know we like to be prepared we like to be um have knowledge yeah, yeah. And now in, in in the um in drag race were you portrayed on that show when you were in there were you portrayed in a way that you felt that was like a little ex- an exaggerated kind you know it's reality shows did they edit you a certain way where like oh people think i'm this person from this show but really i'm not really that and now they're judging me, like they're criticizing me based on who they think I am from from the show. Yeah. You know, was it kind of a weird kind well, of? Definitely, like people, I feel like they still view me as that young child, young person. Like I was what, like twenty four? Like I'm thirty three. You know, mm-hmm. and people still watch these seasons because there's only ten. So people watch it over and over and over and over. So they think that I'm still that that young person you know and back then i was a kid like i had my little attitude problem i had a chip on my shoulder i mean i was living in an aesthetic that i didn't identify with so i had a problem with the world you know and i chose to express it through my art my femininity needed to come through like i was one of the most um sought after performers here in the tri-state area before i even did drag race like people think that drag race made me when in reality you know i was already established and i went on drag race as a personal thing for me to like look back on mm-hmm. you know it's that's drag race is not all I've, i i'm ever gonna be or all i you know ever have been like it was just one moment in my life that i chose to document you know so i've grown so much since then um as a performer just as a human being and um i think people have gotten to know me through my social media a lot. That's why I have such a loyal fan base because I can go to any drag race venue and people are like, oh my God, like you're such a legend. Like mm-hmm. what you've been able to do in the conversation that you started. So it's all love at the end of the day. And I hope in the future I'm able to work with RuPaul's Drag Race again. I hope so. And and let's <clears throat> talk a little bit about the social media. How has that helped? Like, because I know now as the years go by, social media has more and more influence. More artists are talking directly to their fans, to their peoples. Explain to us how that has helped out with your voice. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I feel like now I've been given an opportunity to allow my voice to come through. Like now I could show people who I am because I've worked so hard to get here. You know, when people got to know me at first, it was a different chapter in my life, you know, and it was the chapter that I needed to go through in order to get to where I am today. So like, you know, performing in drag was what was what helped me be comfortable being feminine and being okay with that to where I am now building my life as a young businesswoman. You know, so through my social media, I'm able to post things. So lately, I've been doing a lot of fitness stuff. I'm trying to get my ass in shape. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's summertime. I see all these beautiful people on Instagram, and I'm like, okay, I need to get my life together. So, you know, I'm on my fitness journey, and I'm, I'm uh, this week, I'll be in Miami for swim week. I'll be, like, one of the first ever trans models walking the swimwear shows. And it's I amazing. Yes, awesome. I'm so excited. Hello. So, yes. It's a big deal. Yeah. That's a your moment, yes. yes. So, yeah. So, I'm just kind of um, vlogging that and um, sharing my experience. So, it's cool. What's, like, your fitness um, routine? What do you do on a day-to-day? Well, right now I'm training with um, Rafael Velasquez. You can follow him. He's pretty dope. We're working together now. So, he's teaching me. So, I, I don't have a set... Um, a set routine but I love um, I love doing squats I, I'm trying to master um, 
what is it lunges they're hard like to balance i feel like i'm gonna like fall over <laughs> so those are good and um i like yoga i still like cardio um yoga helped me a lot to center my mind into actually accepting to work out because in the beginning it was so frustrating i'm like i don't want to be here i don't want to mm. i don't want to go on this treadmill like uh, you know and yoga helps you to focus on your breathing there's a lot of technical stuff that goes into working out it's not just lifting weights but it's also your form your breathing you know inhaling exhaling making sure you're, you're doing the right movements to get you the shape that you desire so yeah and <laughs> I, I just hear you 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 do so much work it's like work 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 what does carmen do to play mm. <laughs> I like that's like that's a quintessential Rachel question. <laughs> so tell me, what do you do? Dance. What's your on a Sunday morning? What's your I Sunday just, morning? I mean, it could be something. I mean, do you just stay home on Netflix? Are you a party girl? Like, do you smoke weed? Like, I don't know. What I do smoke you? Weed. <laughs> um, I smoke uh-huh. weed sometimes where it's legal. Like in Denver and LA, you know, I, I usually maybe. Um, but yeah, I like to, I like look. I love the movies. Okay, I love the movies. I love to dance. Um. I actually, you know, now that I'm, like, comfortable in my skin, I'm like, let's explore my culture. Like, I went to Peru, and I, you know, climbed Machu Picchu. I spoke nice. to, you know, all of the women out there and all the men, the guy, you know, the musicians, the guys out there. It was just great to, like, really feel, like, connected to something, you know? Did you do ayahuasca out there? I did not, but okay. I wanted to so My bad. sister's addicted. It's crazy. Oh she's been to Peru addicted. twice. Like she's done it, like... She's been to Peru twice. I cannot put her business out there, but, like... <laughs> Because ayahuasca is not really, <laughs> but from what she's told me, it's like a surreal experience. Ayahuasca. That's what I'm about. Yeah. I, I want to do that. That's, yeah. And we'll see. Yeah, like just, you know, hanging with shamans and yoga and throwing up Mexico with people. I did that. Mexico has amazing shamans out in the street. They'll give you a blessing. They, um, we were, it was like maybe 16 dancers. They had to beat the drums and everything. And I really felt like after that, they staged me they did this whole dance and everything we filmed it for this project with w hotels and they um yeah like blessed me and and after that experience like i felt such a a weight was lifted off my spirit like Mm. i felt wow like and and i think that i want to inspire a lot a lot more latinx people to go out and explore your culture go back to the motherland give it a shot you know and really be there i remember we went to colombia we were filming some stuff um a documentary and um I was in Pereira and I was like literally in there like in a humble beautiful home like t- taking cold showers like waking up really early with everyone else and like just watching the school kids and just being a part of that moment I felt like I was in a different time period it was so beautiful so I recommend that to like any and all Latino people like go back home yeah. just once take your mom like you know have some folkloric experiences because it really resonates within us. Like all of our ancestors had to come down to this point for us to be born, if you think about it. So I feel like going back, we we can sort of like channel that energy and that support because all of our ancestors, I really believe that when I walk into a room, so does my entire lineage. Word. You know? Word. So it's good to feel that because sometimes everybody gets so stuck in these boxes, whether it's what kind of Hispanic you are or if you're gay or if you're straight or if you're trans or you're cis. Like everyone wants to be so stuck sometimes on those identities. You have to be like, yo, I need to breathe because I want to experience all aspects of this moment in this lifetime. 
Well, speaking of traveling, you're about to make a big move. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss. I mean, you're about to leave us on the East Coast uh, and become a Californian. <laughs> yeah, man. I love LA. Yep. California. You gotta take the 405 to La Brea. To the 101. <laughs> yeah. So you I, and LeBron are going to LA now. This wow, that's true. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. LA is popping. It's where it's at. So why are you moving to L.A.? Could you tell us a little bit about Well, I want to be a big-time movie star actress. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, baby. So I'm going to do the modeling right now because it's paying my bills, making me feel good and healthy. But essentially, I'd love to just get into more modeling and television um, scripted stuff. We, I just, you know, I need to get in there, you know, and I need to meet the writers and the producers out there. I need to get in their head a little bit. Um, and I feel like I need to continue to get to know more people because... You know, I, I don't have the power to broadcast my whole life story to the world, you know, and all the things that I've learned and the wisdom that I've learned. So I have to be able to find the right people out there who can tell these stories on television, you know, whether it's a trans story or not, because my experience is human, you know, so I have many different experiences. So I'd love to go out there and just start working, whether it's on the writing side or, you know, I really want to be an actress, though. That's really what I want to do. So FX came out with the series uh, Pose. Um, what do you have? You seen the show? And. And yeah. what's your opinion on the show? On the um, I I mean I'm I'm loving it. I'm into it. You know I don't really know any of the actors right now, so I'm sort of getting to know them throughout the series, and I'm I'm hoping that I can sit down with Janet Mock, who's um, a trans writer on the show. Maybe I could sit down with her, and and maybe she can give me a chance, you know, to come in and audition for something. I'd love to. Yeah, and it's based out of here in New York City. And when I came, you figure, I'm 33, so I came out here when I was 18. And at the time, that was the very end of the the, the ballroom scene that we know of. You know, like the uh, Paris is Burning type of ballroom scene. Things were changing here in New York, and I got to catch the end of a, of a great time. Even for Latinos who are LGBTQ, like there was a nightclub here in Queens called Crash. I got oh to go God, to their yes. last party. Oh my God, I, I went was there. a baby back then. You but I went there when I was like 17 years old. It was great. Like the freestyle so music fun. they would play it was such a great mix of what I remember mm-hmm. growing up. Like my mom was a big freestyle mom. You know, we drive to the beach every summer, and I remember like music like that. So being able to go and experience that, you know, I think I can maybe bring something pretty cool to the table once they get to that time period there was uh that was the first time i ever have a shot i ever had a shot on fire like the that bartenders crash? were the, off the hook there <laughs> they were beautiful they oh were beautiful <laughs> the and like too. the oh. go-go boy the go-go men i should say they were they were like macho i remember i was just having the time of my life back then i'd never been exposed to any type of uh just a d- different person you know like i grew up in in bergen county so I was around a lot of, of white people, you know, cool white people, but I never got to really see any diversity. So going out there and going to Crash and going to Escalita, it was oh like... God, Esquilita. Esquilita. I used to do the diva search, you know, I used to do that, <laughs> you know, $100 if you won. I, that was way before, like, when I first oh started to God. explore. Yeah, so I, I feel like I have a, a lot of great stories. And at the time, I was actually in college for photography. So I have tons of photos and stuff of back then that I can maybe bring to the creative table and make double the check, actress and, and you know, writer or something. Get it. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Dale. <laughs> you were also in a show that I really like. Um, what oh. would you do? 
Uh, John Quinones. Everybody here knows. You make a lot of John Quinones references. <laughs> John, because I go watch. Like, it's either Bachelor or this. I watch Bachelor, Shark Tank, and what would you do? But like John Quinones, <laughs> there's always like some drama, and then he just comes out, and everybody's just like really emotional, like. And John Quinones like, hey, what what happened? What what? what? Why did, why did you uh, why did you react the way you did? But I want to know like was that how was that like was that what was the situation in that? Because I know mm-hmm. you said you shot on the diner. <clears throat> they always shoot in the same diner in Jersey. Like whoever owns the diner doesn't care. They just want yeah. as much fake drama as you can get. Well, I never I had never seen the show before. That yeah. heard about it, but yeah. I had never seen the show. So when I went there, um, I didn't know what to expect. They sort of cued me like the day of like all right so this is what you're gonna do carmen you're gonna go in the room nobody's gonna know that you're an actress you're gonna go in there you're gonna have a conversation with a guy he's gonna come in and he's gonna basically like call you out of your name or whatever and make you feel like you know you shouldn't be here you're not welcome because you're trans and and that was a storyline like the guy would come in he remembered me from before my transition that i worked at the same diner and then i transitioned and then now he's like you look familiar and then i'm supposed to tell him that i'm trans and i'm this person and he's supposed to freak out so I was like, okay, cool, you know, and then we just we just did it, and we did it like maybe six or seven times, and his energy is so calm. Yeah, yeah, John is so calm. <laughs> um, like if I'm nervous, I'd I was be like, nervous. I, I was yeah. nervous. That was like my, one of my first experiences doing something like that, and I was very very nervous. He's like, why are you nervous? What <laughs> if you watch the video, I have a clip from that day. Like I watched that video back the other day, and I was like, God, I literally can't sit still because I'm so like I. I, I Whatever. I was nervous that day. It was funny. Yeah, that show, like I said it before, I've said it in the past in the podcast, but white women are like the like they get the most pissed off out of anybody in that show. Like they see something going down, and they're like, I'm calling the manager. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> do you do you see what's going on here? I'm not, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like they really do not. What would you do? Is like white women do do as much as you could possibly do. Should we get John yeah. Quinones on the show? Oh yeah. No, I mean he's Latino. Get him on a speakerphone, like yeah. Let's uh, yeah. get him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to wrap this interview, but my final question to you, Carmen, is: um, oftentimes our listeners look to our show for inspiration, for some guidance, some direction. What are some words of advice that you have for maybe someone going through a transition or questioning who they are? Um. Well, I think that um, I have a sort of like a mantra that's always helped me. Um, And it's um, I'm not better than anyone else. Nobody's better than me. And that's always made me feel brave enough to speak up when I need to, um, to because you you know going through the transition in your life or, or going through any changes, you always feel insecure about. A, what's going to happen next? B, how you're going to receive, be, be received, and C, how will people judge you? And that can, if you get in your head, you start to create scenarios like, you know, oh my gosh, like was, you know, this was offensive or this was not. It will, it will really trip you out. But if you really just center in on yourself and just, you know, say, listen, like there's no one better than me, and I'm not better than no one else, and we're, you know, both existing right now, so I should be okay to deal with this. You know, and what's helped me is connecting to my culture, going back to my family, fixing things with my family, not ignoring things like, oh, like this pissed me off five years ago, so I'm going to hold the grudge forever. You know, like I'm trying to get rid of stuff like that that exists within my family because I need to be able to go back home to know that no matter what, um, there's someone that knows me, who accepts me, who sees me for who I am. And I believe that, you know, our family's assigned to us. Like, your family's your family for the rest of your life. So you might as well be really good with them, you know, however it is. 
and I know there's like gener- uh, generation gaps and you know there's language barriers and there's all these things to take into consideration but I feel like us as this generation that are you know um, Hispanic American or you know of mixed cultures like we have the tools and resources we just gotta center ourselves stop being afraid and start being informed it's beautiful Yes. That is beautiful. Thank you. Let everybody know where they can follow you, please, on social media. Um, sure. You could you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's Carmen underscore Carrera. You can also tweet me on Twitter, Carmen underscore Carrera. You can follow me on Snapchat, Carmen underscore Carrera. Mm. Or my Facebook uh, fan page, which is Facebook.com slash Carmen Carrera fans. And then I'm sorry. Starting a YouTube channel as well, which is uh, YouTube.com slash Carmen Carrera channel. Nice. nice. So the question should be like, where can't we yeah. follow you on social media? Is there anywhere we can be? Uh, let's see. You me. cannot find me on Tinder. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we thank you so much for taking the time out and dropping some words of wisdom. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. No offense to anyone on Tinder. Just saying, I'm taking. That's my subtle way to say that I'm taking. That's so, good. But yes, thank you guys so much for all of your love and support, and everyone else out there. Thank you so much for listening um, and giving me the chance to uh, to have this conversation. I appreciate you. Seguimos yes. adelante. All right, everybody. So I know last week I said we were going to do the uh, segment on Major League Baseball when I went to the New York Pride March. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't air, but we're actually going to air it now. So enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is Juan Bago, and I'm here live at the 2018 New York Pride March with a special guest. Introduce yourself. Hey, hey, hey. It's Gabe Gonzalez. I'm here joining Juan Bago at the 2018 Pride Parade. I'm feeling myself. I'm having a good time. Yo, the, the energy here is like on another level it's so it feels amazing here i want to ask you how many times have you gone to this march man i moved here back in 2012 my first pride was 2013 i was a little baby i was still a twink it was beautiful i was out in like short shorts and a tank top that is not what i'm wearing today i don't have the body for that anymore but i'm feeling the same energy um and you know uh we were talking earlier and, and like you said like this uh, is just growing every year more people participating more people coming out to support our allies queer folks and it's really good it's good to see this yeah speaking of which we're here we're going to be doing some interviews with mlb some of the staff i'm gonna get some b-roll i'm gonna catch some of the energy here and I- i'm just blessed and honored to have you here to work with us to do some of the interviews and i'm gonna have fun what should i look forward to in this march Oh, man. I mean, everything. You just get, like, the most colorful, the most out there. Um, and what I love about this march is that it encompasses the activist side of LGBT history. You know, Silvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson, like, two really, like, revolutionary translators in the queer community that helped start this parade, right? But it's grown into such a celebration as well. And so I love that we're still conscious of that history, but we also take the time to sort of celebrate and have a good time, you know? Nice. So we're going to be back. We're going to interview some peoples, get some B-roll, get some Man in the Street stuff, and uh, we'll be back. Awesome. Great. Um, we're here at the 2018 Pride Parade with MLB. We're hanging out. We're talking to some folks from MLB. Uh, we have a guest here. If you could please introduce yourself. Hello. My name is Perlene Batista, and I am an MLB employee. Cool. What do you do at MLB? I, my official title is Business uh, Communications Coordinator, uh, which just really means uh, communications, um, corporate communications. Cool. Awesome. So what brings you here today? Why are you here with MLB? 
Well, MLB is participating in the Pride Parade for the first time this year. Uh, we have usually activated around Pride before, but this is the first time that we're activating in such a big way. Uh, and by big way, I mean, you know, we have a float for the first time, and we've also participated, participated in a whole bunch of events that were held yesterday in conjunction with Pride. Um, so we're just really excited to be out here and, and supporting the LGBT community in any way that we can. Cool, for sure. Now, uh, I think this is really exciting that you all are really activating this way, that you got a float. There are so many employees out here today. How did this decision come about? Um, how did you decide to do the float and really come out this year? You know, we're always looking to do more. And again, we've supported the LGBT community uh, prior, uh, prior before, and we're just looking for ways that, that we can expand our support. Yeah, absolutely. Are you an ally, part of the LGBT community? I am a, a proud member of the LGBT community. Awesome. Um, yep. Cool. So what does it mean for you, I guess, personally, as a member of that community, to have, like, your coworkers, uh, the place you work for here and showing up? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always happy anytime that my work and my personal life can sort of combine. Um, you know, and it, it does in a lot of ways, you know, with the baseball part of it and sort of this, I feel like just being here at the Pride March with my coworkers and knowing that MOB is supporting uh, something like that, it just gets to me because um, I know that, you know, they, they support me as a person inside and outside of the office. And, and again, that, that, that means a lot to me and I see their dedication. Not only to me, but to other people of the LGBT community. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so I have one last question for you. Sure. You know, Latinos are huge MLB fans. Like, I grew up with baseball. Um, Latinos are, you know, like a growing force in MLB as well. They're players, they're coaches. Yep. Um, and there's so many Latinos, especially in New York, coming out for Pride. So how do you think that MLB being here can sort of impact the way Latinos talk about allyship and talk about supporting the LGBT community? Uh, so, yeah, so my, my hope is that people can see that, that MLB MLB is 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 it's not tokenism, right? Like they're they're not. We're not just doing this to be like, hey, you know what? We we are supporting the LGBT community. Uh, we're doing it through a variety of efforts, and I just hope that people see our participation at Pride, our, our support for the LGBT community, um, especially Latinos, because I know that you know being. Um, a member of the LGBT community in, Latino, in a Latino household can be very, very difficult. Definitely, yeah. Um, and sometimes, like, you know, uh, the LGBT community and, and, and sports historically haven't meshed very well um, priorly. So I, I see, you know, not only us, but other sports leagues are out here supporting the LGBT community. Um, and I just hope that people notice that and, and you know, moving forward, we can be more inclusive of the LGBT community in sports and in other areas of life. All right. Hey, this is Gabe Gonzalez. We're here at Pride 2018 uh, with a bunch of the staff from MLB. Uh, they have their first float in the Pride Parade this year, which is an exciting time. And we're here with a very special guest. If you could please introduce yourself. Yeah, definitely. Hi, my name is Ashley Manzueta. I'm the Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator with Major League Baseball. Awesome. Good to meet you, Ashley. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what it means to you personally to be here at Pride with MLB this year. Yeah, definitely. So uh, just to give you a little bit of context, we decided to create business resource groups. Now we're organization about a little over of a year already. So, uh, you know, definitely this this is definitely a historical moment here, especially Major League Baseball he, being here, you know, being very inclusive, you know, promoting equality. It definitely is a major stepping stone for our organization. Definitely. It's exciting. Um, do you identify as a member of the LGBTQ community? No, but I am an ally. Cool. Amazing. So talk to me about what it means for you as an ally, you know, personally to get the opportunity to come out with your job and your coworkers, queer coworkers, other allies today. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, us as allies, we definitely need to show everybody that we are supporters. It's not just them. You know, they do face a lot of discrimination day by day. So in order for us 
you know, our job is to always fully support them and show them that. So I think it is definitely a great opportunity to be here. I'm definitely excited. Cool, definitely. Now, I know MLB has a very strong Latino fan base, so many Latino players that are very prominent now. And, you know, Pride, the history of Pride, uh, is also very inclusive of Latinos. One of the founders of Pride, Silvia Rivera, is Latina. So keeping in mind that, you know, this is sort of um, a moment for the Latino community to come together from sort of two disparate angles, what do you think it means uh, for MLB to be here in terms of how you might impact conversations among Latino communities surrounding inclusivity, allyship toward the LGBT community? Yeah, I think it's always about, you know, creating awareness and bridging that gap so like you mentioned before we have maybe over a little 50% of the players are Hispanic and you know I'm Dominican I know being you know LGBTQ we're not very fully supported because of you know the background and you know considering always that we're very traditional and things like that it's not necessarily accepted so you know us as Major League Baseball showing everybody showing the whole entire world that you know we are allies and we're we're being very supportive I think it's going to be an eye-opener for everybody and I hope that everybody starts accepting this because you know nothing's wrong with this we are all we're all humans and this is such a great and beautiful moment that I think everybody should be able to share Hey, this is Gabe Gonzalez. We're here at Pride 2018. Um, we are guests of MLB, and we've been interviewing different MLB employees who are here uh, because MLB has a float in the parade for the first time this year. Um, so we're here with a very special guest, if you could introduce yourself. Yep. Um, my name is Mel Lee. I am on the Pride BRG board, and we are so pumped to be here right now. I can't even control it. If anyone could actually see this, it's like... It's radiating. It's, it's radiating. It's great. Mel's wearing amazing <laughs> rainbow suspenders. There's so much color here. We're having and a great the time. Yes. Oh, you got the sparkly tutu. <laughs> it's a great skirt. It's beautiful. I came in jeans and a t-shirt. I messed up. I have a little color slacking, on me, but like slacking. I really should have. You know, I went all out yesterday. But <laughs> um, so Mel, I wanted to ask you. You are on the board that sort of helped make this happen. How did the decision come about to participate with a float and bringing all your employees to the parade this year? Yes, absolutely. So um, when the BRG started, I'd say Pride March and just being involved with Pride Month overall mm -hmm. was definitely one of our top priorities. Um, so I think we were around for like about a little less than a year before we were like, let's do this. And we pushed it to upper management. Um, and honestly, between the board and everyone, we just made it happen. And I'm so pumped that we're all here. We have, uh, we were maxed out at 200 people and we had friends, family, everyone come out. So it's awesome to see all the support from fellow employees and their guests. Awesome. That's so exciting. And as a board member, what does it mean to, to you to see this event uh, be such a success today? Yes. I mean, it's such a celebration, but obviously constant fight for, you know, everyone's rights and everything. And sport is such an amazing platform to get things done um you know look at all the baseball fans out there like let's use our brand to the best of our advantage and you know really make some difference in this world absolutely and so many of those baseball fans are latinos um what do you think your presence today at the parade will do in terms of impacting the way latino communities are talking about equal rights and talking about the lgbtq community yeah i mean i think it's all about just like being proud you know uh, we live in a crazy world right now but it's not a time to shy away from who you are and really just express yourself. Um, so hopefully by MLB and some of the other big organizations out here being involved really demonstrates that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mel. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Cool. Have fun today. Thanks. All right. So I hope you enjoy the interviews. Shout outs to Major League Baseball. Shout outs to Gabe Gonzalez from Remescla. Uh, you can check him out.
Well, this has been episode 32 of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Yes. This is the summer special of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. I feel like right now, while this episode is coming out, I'm on Chocha Beach with my headphones on, and I'm enjoying <laughs> this episode, and it was great. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wonderful. Beautiful. On the mattress that. Your homegirl saw it. Floating in the water <laughs> at I'm Orchard Beach. Be on that mattress. You need to start going to beaches in Jersey. Yeah, for real, dude. Or Brooklyn. Come on, or... man. <laughs> it's about that time. You've Yo, you outgrown Chocha Beach. Hey, Mike just takes the bus over there. He's, he's beautiful. You know? Well, if you've enjoyed the episode, please let us know. Hit us up on our Instagram, We Are Latinos Out Loud, or Facebook, We Are Latinos Out Loud, or Twitter at Loca Ibago. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think, what you want to hear, and we'll be back really soon for season number four of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. But there will be more episodes, so stay tuned. Next Thursday, you'll get a new one, and Thursday after that, you'll get another one, and then we'll be back. Yep. And on that note, we out. Oye, mijo, ¿qué show es ese que están escuchando? Tremenda vaina. <laughs> Hola amigos y bienvenidos a Tremenda Vaina, el show donde escuchas cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro, solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? Nos puedes encontrar en tu plataforma favorita. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Suscríbete hoy. Y esto es Tremenda Vaina. Tremenda Vaina. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.